And touche. 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 Welcome to this hot ass <laughs> month called August in New York City. In the bedroom right now is someone that I adore so much. His name is Will Mayo. He's already been introduced once. He's already been introduced once. But you once. know what? We believe in vulnerability and uh, transparency. We do. We started recording and we had bad. mic problems. And look, before we even get before into the guest, let's into the guest. just <laughs> let you all know that we've been having problems with our mic cord. We've been having problems with our mic cord. And we ordered a new one, but it's not getting here till tomorrow. So what I so resourcefully thought of um, before Will left his apartment in my neighborhood was I was like, you know what? Will is in film. He makes his own work. He does post-production. He actually is a sound engineer, editor, mixer. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to ask him to bring some shit. (laughs) (laughs) So he straight up brought his microphone. And then I just made him fix our sound before we started this <laughs> He was podcast. wearing the headphones. I was like, will you press the button on the garage band? <laughs> so that's oh. where Jeff and I are today. Oh, right. And that's so the power else. of Will Mayo. <laughs> the power of Will to, Mayo. To be honest, my boyfriend Ian uh-huh. uh, suggested that I bring this mic without even being asked. Now I have a and question. bring it out just to fuck with you guys. Okay, so it was it to fuck with us because, or was it, their sound is not my favorite. And I just need you to like, at least for my boyfriend's episode, I needed to like jazz it up a bit. That maybe went through my head at some point. It's fine with me. But, uh, it just. We're a DIY podcast. It's a nice mic. And I was wondering what mic you were using. So I thought of the mic. We're using the the general mic that everyone in the podcast uses. We use the Yeti, but this is the Shure. Neither are sponsors. Neither are sponsors. I, it'd be great if, and if you are a microphone company that deems yourself better than a Yeti or a Shure, I can give you my address. Slide into my DMs. Sure. Wait, you're Damn. young. <laughs> when Jeff. I hear slide into your DMs, right. what does you that mean to you? you? Now, you're a listener of the podcast, the so you understand the context. the context of this. I'm a huge fan of this podcast. Can we just... Can I, thank I love you. how it sounds. <laughs> um, uh, sliding, uh, sliding that means DMs. that you just uh, there is a sexual connotation to that. There is, right? I um, didn't kind of know that. <laughs> it, it's it also it doesn't have to be sexual. I right. think it can also be like a practical, like slide into my D- DMs. It's. Just, I think that's what I thought, and then now I totally get why it's kind of sexual or completely and totally, and I'm a little. A little embarrassed, yeah. but I'm okay with it. Are you embarrassed? <laughs> Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Sometimes I sometimes I miss cues, like sexual cues. Oh. And sometimes I miss those things. And I'm like, wait, what? 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 Oh, I didn't think... Oh, we don't have to get into that. I'll but. tell you one thing. Somebody was said ghosted once. This is years ago. I know what it is now, but I didn't know what it was in right. that conversation. I was just like, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and I just really played along like I knew. And finally I had to be like, I'm sorry, I don't know what you're talking that about. That is hilarious. And was it someone who was like confiding you like and then and then she ghosted me and and she never called me back and you're like, uh-huh, with a smile on your face. Like no sense of sympathy whatsoever. It did go on for like three minutes wow. before I was like, I'm sorry, I need more information. <laughs> Cause she said it like three times. I'm proud of you for I'm proud of you for asking her. Thank you. Um let's get back Will, to our Okay. Guest. Will I met five ish years ago mm-hmm. via Ian, Via your boyfriend. Ian. Yeah. Um, well, I don't even. Know. I don't know how you know him. I think Randy Harrison. Oh, okay. That's that's our connection. I don't know how like or Randy, why. I'm not even sure how he knows Randy. Well, but you know. Well, I know. It's, uh, I don't know either. We'll ask either of them when they're on the podcast. Okay. Um, but so <laughs> you, you, um, so that's how we met, mm-hmm. and you so graciously graciously let me use your apartment mm-hmm. for episode I believe it's episode five of New York is dead. Oh really? Yes. Oh, that is where um, Malik Ponchaloy's episode with the monster isn't that beautiful that was episode. Fun to meet him. Isn't he a yeah. true gem gem? Yes. He's such a sweet guy. 
He's a sweet. That was a really fun. That was our day one of shooting. Day one was that episode. And it was really fun. And you let us get slimy and gross in your apartment. And I hope we cleaned up properly and everything was okay. Yeah, I, I can't remember. Uh, Great. If you can't any, remember, any I broke issues. nothing. Yeah. Great. Fantastic. But thank you publicly. Thank you again. I'd like I to did, thank you publicly. I loved watching you guys do you the remember, takes. You took some beautiful pictures, too. I did? You took some stills. Oh, I have I them. Your name are on them in my hard drive. There's some stills that you took. And that's because you are. And <laughs> the reason you brought tech and you took great stills is you are a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. But wait, because this happened, this was, disco- I'm introducing Discovery, like a lawyer. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> um, you, you, in Before, when we had to redo, you told us how you met your boyfriend and I found it very interesting. So will you tell us again? Yeah, it's cute. Um, so uh, I was going into senior year of NYU? NYU. Uh, I moved to, to Park Slope down the street from Jen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I met Ian on the stairs like within a week of moving into this Into building. that apartment building. Yeah, into that apartment building. And then how and long did you date before you decided, I'm giving up my lower floor and going up, <laughs> moving on up? A year. It was a year. I moved up a year later. There's something about, though, that I... I mean, I get the money situation, but there's <laughs> truly something about... Our friend Jim Andrelis and Larry Crone have two apartments in the same building. Yeah. And to me, there's something that gets me very um, horny and excited about <laughs> having my own apartment I, above. Above. Specifically mm. above, just because I like top floors, um, my significant other. So I'm yeah. just sharing that... Um, Were you directly above each other? Um, am I leaving a stain on your table? No, this table... Girl, on? I want you okay. to look at this table right now, okay. and I want you to see how much I care about a stain. That much. Okay. Well, <laughs> what was the question? <laughs> um, did you live directly above him? Meaning, below. like, when you were, like... Below. Uh, it's a two... Uh, three stories. I was on the second. He was on the third. So, you heard this. this. You heard this. really bad. Yeah, it could have been really bad. It was a bad idea, but it worked it out It was a bad fine. idea, but it worked out And you're both lovely. I mean, it's such a great, like, pre-app dating story. You know what it, I mean? Like, ooh. that'd be a real good modern love right, column. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. I've never had an app like that before. But I, there, I'm, you guys, there are apps now. I think it's called Happen. Do we know about this? Uh, yes. Where I it's do. like H A P P N, not a sponsor. Again, uh, slide into my DM. But where you put it on, isn't it? And it and it it generates like everyone that's in your actual proximity of your location. And if uh-huh. you happen to go by them, and then later they pop up or something, meaning like a misconnection on a train. Right. I've heard about this. That sounds so scary to me. Anyway, what I'm saying is you didn't need to happen. You just went, oh, there's a person. We're going to talk, blah, 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 and we're together. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It it didn't happen immediately. It's not like we met and then we're like, let's date. We (laughs) met, met, uh, what was I doing? I think we were in Manhattan and we like bumped into each other on the platform. Oh, and you're like, we're going going to the same place? And we started talking uh, about a lot of different things, but then he mentioned that he was watching like Russian old Russian silent cinema and I just happened to be doing the same thing and I <laughs> wait wait I wait wait <laughs> okay at, okay. The, at the time uh-huh. and uh-huh. Uh, we're with you no we're not even gonna question it there's not even a joke there go ahead <laughs> honestly if that were in a movie you'd be like that wouldn't happen that wouldn't happen that's a- uh, and uh, I thought it was really sexy, so I was like, I'm gonna get into this. And um, you did. And then you were like, then we saw come down and watch some <laughs> Russian, silent silent Russian cinema. cinema. We don't have to talk. Neither does the film. <laughs> watched a, we, uh, one date, a date, if you cannot even call it a date, I went upstairs and watched uh, a Kurosawa film with him. That was another thing that we did. Which one? Uh, what was it? The one that's Macbeth. Um, uh, Throne of Blood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Sounds uh, We didn't watch any of it, but... No, girl. No, girl. Uh, so, <laughs> so you... Uh, you weren't worried about the person below hearing you, neither. <laughs> oh, Jeff. Oh, Jeff. It's cute. The dad jokes are getting really cute. I Shut love up. them. No, girl, it's real. That wasn't so bad. I didn't say it was bad. It's I, cute. I... Avoided um, making a top and bottom joke. So. 
<laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> um, so you graduated from NYU. Was your degree in directing, filmmaking? Uh, so the undergraduate thing is a film and television production degree. I understand. Yeah. Okay. Oh, God. Tish. Tish School of the Arts. Um, and you are from Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And I know because I watched a wonderful short film of oh, yours you that As was about I. your no. that was about your grandfather. Yes. And oh shoot, what's the title again? As Beautiful Inside. As Beautiful Some Inside. Some people just are like Beautiful Inside. As Beautiful Inside. No, I get it. <laughs> and um and it's a it's a gorgeous short film. It's a couple years you made it a couple years ago? Yeah, two years ago, two thousand yeah, it was two thousand sixteen. And so you received a grant. I, yes, I did. You received a cute grant. You, you got a cute grant for that. And I was I like, know. look at that grant. Was that a New York grant? Uh, so uh, it was kind of a random thing that happened. We made a film before that called First Night Out. That was two Oh my God, long. which I we need to talk about. For anyway. Sure. And uh, it went to a festival in Seattle that... I mean, it was just like a it was like a youth film festival. Cause sure, because I'm, I'm young. Yeah, and yeah, you are. You are. You're really young. <laughs> and this production company reached out. Uh, they're called Voyager, and they wanted to give a grant at this festival. Uh, they were looking for people to pitch ideas to them, and I, uh, I wasn't even at that festival. They emailed me, and uh, I pitched, and I got the grant. But I, I mean, it's not like I immediately had that idea. I, they were like, do you want to pitch? They gave like, me, yeah. I was like, me yeah, a second. let me, <laughs> let me think. Like, of course I have an idea. Like, <laughs> I'm not a documentary person. I, I, I really am like, I want to, I write fictional stories. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really think about like what kind of documentaries I wanted to make. And I turned to Ian because Ian, I make everything with Ian. He's produced the uh, first night out. He wrote the first night out. Um, and I was like, what? I don't have any ideas. Like some sort of social justice reform. Something, I don't right. Know. And he's like, you should do a documentary about your grandfather because I actually made furniture with him. I, I have two pieces of furniture that I made. Were either of them in the film? No. And that was something that was left out. I mean, we thought about it, mm-hmm. putting it in, but it was like... Mm-hmm. You yeah. didn't need it. Yeah. You didn't need it. No, didn't need the it. The film was so gorgeous. And it was shot beautifully. Yeah. That yeah. A of all. Mac Fisher, the, um, the DP on that. It was beautiful. Your family? Mm-hmm. Did you kind of, first of all, did you gag at that like raspberry pie moment? I what know. cobbler moment I, that his that, aunt made? I was it, like, it's no, that was your mom. Your mom, it was your mom. mom. Yeah. And I was like, excuse. I was like, she is making some raspberry cobbler moment <laughs> that in this beautiful. From like the fresh. tree. Okay, wherever so wait, you're from, is that your damn then? house? There are horses. Yes, yes. Wow. That's where I grew up. The so farm. you grew up there at that barn. That farm, yes. Everyone, that you need to house that go to. Happen. You can go to uh, willmayo.com. No. Willmayofilm.com. Willmayofilm.com, and on there is a link. It's a Vimeo. It's on Vimeo. Mm-hmm. You need to go give. It's a couple minutes. This beautiful film, and you need to at least just see where this boy grew up, <laughs> honey. Because also, it though, is like, a magazine. The stuff your grandfather makes is like insane, uber complicated. It's all like yeah, he was, spindles and mm-hmm. beautiful. He was, a, he was masterful. It's amazing. He was a masterful. Those craft. corner chairs. Those chairs. I was like, what's going I on? Know. What's going on? I, what's going on? They were crazy. Also, just like the beds and stuff. Like yeah. it looked like something you would buy. That, that that one shot of my mom's bed in the house is beautiful. Is, it get uh, when it was showing in theaters at festivals, it would like, get gasps. <laughs> I'll tell you why. She didn't have a thing under her bed. No, she didn't. As a New Yorker, <laughs> oh, I was yeah. like, oh, God bless. I. She doesn't have a dust ruffle. It's so impressive. Your wow. fam, your family, and what you captured in that film, I. I felt I I related to in many ways or like there's part of it that like I I aspire to <laughs> like I was just yeah. the just sort of the 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 craftsmanship and just the way your mom has the house where I'm assuming it's the way your mom puts together a house I didn't mean to assume mm-hmm. that. and your grandfather well, she, she did clean for the film oh well fair 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 but um I mean it as is, any good lady <laughs> yes. As it, yes but you know you know when someone yes cleans but yeah. she ain't no hoarder yeah. you know and it just there was <laughs> just also like your grandfather and him 
going through is it dementia yes he um, has a, a specific uh form of dementia it's called aphasia mm-hmm. um that affects his speech right uh which excuse me no please drink um, <clears throat> it, it's like he he's present uh, i mean now he's 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 really like he's still alive and he's reached a place where it's like not as easy for him to be present mm-hmm. but like when we were filming the the doc he was he could hear us he could understand us but what he wanted to say he couldn't say <sighs> it was it's like he's he knows the words but his brain w- will not allow him to like it it doesn't reach his mouth that sort of thing what a, a difficult <clears throat> um yeah it must be just the most it, frustrating thing Especially because yeah. from what your your mm-hmm. your aunt was saying, like he was like a bit of a raconteur, like he really knew how to spin a story and things like that. He was he's very charismatic and like uh, yeah, good storyteller, f- wonderful sense of humor. I think that's where my family's sense of humor really comes from. My mom's, especially my aunt's. Um, but going into filming, we weren't planning on interviewing him at. At, at all, all. because really? yeah because uh, i think like when i told my mom that we were gonna make this film uh when we got the grant um yeah what'd she say that, well she was super excited but she was like i told we call him joe daddy uh told joe daddy that <laughs> we're gonna make this film about him and he was like well i don't want to be interviewed right and well, uh, right. i was like well yeah that's fine i get that totally get that um, it's going to be a story told through my mom and my aunt and my family. Um, and at some point during filming, my mom called me and said, you need to get over here to this house because Joe daddy has agreed to like talk for like an hour or so. Were you already and in Tennessee, or were you like running to JFK at that point? We, we were in Tennessee. We were at the very, we were at the <laughs> tail, tail end of our Tennessee shoot. I understand. It was shot in Tennessee and some parts with the church. Yes. that was in South Carolina. That I'm just yeah. going to stop you. That shot of the piece that your father made the for the church mm-hmm. had me a, a certain kind of way. It just I, that's, truly did. That's one of my very favorite moments. It's beautiful. It's like. Uh, that that shot sums up what the whole concept mm-hmm. was. It thematically, mm-hmm. uh, formally, mm-hmm. like that's that's what I wanted the film to be. Yeah, it um, came through very clear. Yeah, yeah. You used such great use of silence too, or or or, mm-hmm. or sound, where just like ambient sound while showing these beautiful. Piece of art that he made. It was and, great. I mean, just such a great. Thank you. A great, beautiful film. Hmm. Tribute to your grandfather and his art. And so, when you finished it, and when you, because you said this is your first documentary. Yeah. So, how do you feel artistically mm-hmm. as a documentarian? I feel like I didn't make a documentary. I felt like I made more of a like a poem. Or something. Okay. A kind of a, like an ode, you know. Because hmm. uh, it, it's not, it's a very, I'll admit it's staged. It, like some things I, I was like, I storyboarded some of that. Great. And no shame in it. I like whatever. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I had something very specific I wanted to say. And the it was sequenced out. And I knew... You know, but you didn't exactly. tell people what to say. No, 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 no. And also, but I've... we were looking. I mean, when you interview people, you are looking for a certain kind of thing for them to say. There are surprising things that they said for sure, but like, uh, you go in. I mean, I just wanted to express something about what I felt about my grandfather and the stuff he made. Now that he's de- in his decline, what these pieces mean to me as an artist. Even. Right, right. Do you? And this is a general question. Do you consider it more of a, a poem and less of a documentary because you feel like um, not not worthy, but not fully capable of uh, sharing a space of calling it a documentary 
And so then you feel like calling it a poem is more to like in an insecure way of putting it or, <laughs> or, or do you think, both. or do you think like, but that's how I want to look at my work. I want to yeah. call that piece a poem. Yeah. I was just interested because, you know, different. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, um, documentaries are very difficult to, they're so, I think I'm a purist when it comes to documentaries. Okay. What's like, that mean? Uh, like, I believe that there shouldn't be very much involvement okay. you know, of the filmmaker. Like, they should. Like, not even ask the person the to film. What about Werner like... Herzog? <laughs> what? Werner Herzog. Oh, Werner Herzog. Yeah. Uh, well, he's pretty involved. He's very involved. He's the but also, his his <laughs> films are kind of quasi documentary because there are mm. things like if you see uh, what is it? encounters at the end of the world, there yeah. are some weird scenes in there that he was definitely like, "Go do that out there." Right, that um, right. cave of mysteries or whatever, where he's uh, like <laughs> talking about the white alligators and like yeah. saying like. What? They are creatures of death. <laughs> I need there's to like, see that. That sounds brilliant. There's always a moment in the Herzog film where you're like, this is a stretch, but <laughs> I like it. That's <laughs> true. And he, of course, does, you know, narrative films as well. Right. Yeah. So I approached it like a narrative. Uh, sort of. Um, but yeah, I mean, as a documentarian, I guess I feel like I could make a document. A, a documentary but um for this it was more it was just about expressing something That's very great. very important to me and and it was it was a personal subject too mm-hmm. so yeah it's not like being like you know ken burns on the civil war it's right like, this is yeah and it was ex- so hard to edit i mean it was oh, like not just emotionally, but like what I learned about making documentaries is that they're all made in the editing room. Sure. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. That's it. Like it shouldn't be the directors who uh, are getting credit for documentaries. It should be the editors, editors. Right. right? Because they have to slug through, you know, all you of know, it. Ten plus hours <laughs> I... of footage to make something. A minute. Minutes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it's wonderful. Everyone literally needs to go check it out. Your other film, First Night Out, mm-hmm. is fantastic. Thank you. Did you have like a thing where you were like, I want this to be roughly 10 minutes? Or did you have a thing where you were like... I think so. I think it was like under... Yeah. I, I remember thinking it's going to be a 10 minute film. Because I didn't want to go full 15 minutes because mm-hmm. I knew that... Pro, it's not going to be programmable. Right. Hmm. Um, well, I mean, it's just harder to program. Um, Ten minutes is like a sweet spot, especially for documentaries. Yeah. <laughs> Helpful tip. Helpful tip. <laughs> kind of is. It's yeah. true. People love. I got shorts. a lot of tips. Great. <laughs> <laughs> I'll throw them out. We'll take them. Um. Anyway, so we but we can see a lot of your work on your website, which you should because it's amazing. Yes. yes. Now, when did you graduate from NYU? Two thousand fourteen. <laughs> 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 um, Jeff and I um, am I breaking records for touche no not at all okay. um, <laughs> first yeah, Mike yeah first Mike right. yes, breaking records breaking records breaking records all over now when you graduated and you did you start out because I'm curious as to someone who graduates with a degree mm-hmm. in film production and TV production what yeah. was some of your like job jobs when you came out job jobs um, if you had so any? Do you have a job job now? No. I I work freelance as an editor and sound designer, mainly. Okay. I have directed something for Condé Nast. I've done, like, other stuff. I also work very rarely as a cinematographer, um, but mainly it's editing and uh, sound design. Uh, What was your question? My question was, when you graduated, did you have job jobs? Coming out of NYU. (laughs) No. So I worked as a camera operator... Uh, for this insane lady for like a year and a half. Wait, what? Doing what? <laughs> Tell me everything. Oh my God. She was making a documentary. I can't talk too much about it. It's okay. Not that she's going to listen to this, but like. You don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> she's on Twitter. I know that. Um, uh, she was making a documentary about her late husband, who was a photographer. Okay. And. Uh, 
she needed somebody to film her going through this archive of his work. Great. And I, she was paying me, you know, like $200 a day. Great. And that was paying the rent Are for you like kidding? a of long time. Nothing happened with that footage, as I, at least not that I know of. But uh, it was an experience. And then after <laughs> that, I... I feel like that's a thing that so many young New Yorkers go through, yeah. of being like, I worked for a really rich person. Right. Yeah. And, and it, I kind of did nothing. Yeah, I kind of know what happened. Like, I organized their whole mansion. Right. But, like, I don't... I think the mansion is buried now. Like, you don't even know. Yeah. And after that, I... I can't remember what happened after that. I I must have gone into sound design at some point. I had a falling out with being uh, like working on sets as a cinematographer, you know, assistant camera person. I, it just wasn't Why? my thing. I think it was the macho. I was just gonna say I've yeah. never met a a gay uh, yeah camera. I've no. met gay DPs, but not, well, no, I know a few uh, gay assistant cameras. But um, not the majority. Me, yeah, I just I know a, I know a lesbian one. Yeah, but well, I, I know, know many lesbians. Yeah, but I don't know any gay men. Yeah, I just I can't deal with that twelve hours a day and right. macho and like I'm an introvert. I just can't put right. up a face for that long. So post production was way better, easier for me to to handle. Um, and I, I can't remember what happened, but somebody asked me to sound design. Oh, I helped my my friend Emma sound design her thesis film at NYU, uh, which I also happened to shoot. And then somebody else wanted me to sound design their film, and it just snowballed into like sound design. Then I got a full time job at uh, a post production house in Dumbo. I was a post production oh. manager. Oh, great! For, for like <laughs> half a year, and then I realized that uh it just wasn't uh, i wasn't um let's say present enough for a full-time job uh like that okay what do you mean like i wasn't devoting myself to that job so you need that was a job that was a nine to five and you Mm -hmm. needed to you needed to put pieces together yes literally people and yeah, was yeah. it other people? And I had to. It was one of those jobs where it's like I have nothing to do, but I have to look productive right now. And I could be researching, you know, things, you know, new post production things on online, track the, you know, the news of the day about post production. But I had no. <laughs> I couldn't. You couldn't. I couldn't. I just couldn't find the energy to do that. And it was like I, I can't. This, I'm not right for this job. Right. So I left it. Um, and then after that, I got into editing. I actually did a lot more sound design after that. And then, like, December 2016, I started to edit something. And I was like, this is it. This is... I am so happy to do this. You feel like you're a great editor. I, I just love doing it. And people are happy with the work I do. Great. All the real auteurs edit their own films, right? Um, I, I don't know. Or, like, they... I guess they. I guess they, do, they sit with. There's yeah. that woman that Scorsese does all of Scorsese. Yeah, I mean, yeah. or Spielberg edited along with his longtime editor. Like they would like cut scenes next to each other and then compare. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or they work. Yeah, work with the same person a lot and have kind yeah. of a dialogue about it. But let's go back. Mm-hmm. You're growing up. You live on this. Gorgeous, glamorous. It was, it was a dream. Huge. I, I took it for granted. Farm. Growing up, you sure did. You sure did <laughs> until you made that, that film. Shot of when those horses are running Honestly. and the dog is like hiding under the fence. Yeah, yes. literally. I knew that was cute. Oh. Um, so you're you're, I don't know, fanning yourself on the veranda or whatever. <laughs> want to do did you want to be a filmmaker from the beginning so no i mean i guess i it depends on what you mean by the beginning well here's what i'm asking you said earlier you were like i need some water because i'm one of those people with a dry throat like for instance one time i was on a throat i was on the stage, stage. and i gagged and so we're ready for that story that now that we're ready for that theater yeah. gag story now yeah, that's so i'm in high school i'm trying to dig and see if mm-hmm. you were an actor at some point <laughs> 
I was. Um, that was no. I think uh, the film thing came before being an actor, though. Um, so my friend Max, longtime friend from like age, oh god, nine. I, I still, you know, we haven't kept up actually. I need to reach out to him. You can send him this podcast and let him know. We're thinking about him. Yeah, thinking about you. Uh, he in this town. He was like the weird liberal. <gasps> Love him. Um, and his parents were like from Chicago. Cute. Super, you know, liberal. <laughs> and I went over to his house a lot, and we watched movies. He he would just like introduce me to all these. Huh. Different movies, and we was he your age though? Yeah, but he just had the cosmopolitan mm-hmm. stink of Chicago. He was precocious. <laughs> yeah. I love so that. precocious. Yeah, true. He, in fourth grade, he brought. Oh my god, he was showing you movies in fourth grade. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, <For> sure. <laughs> on a show and tell day in fourth grade, which wait. seems a little old for show and tell. Um, he brought a book of Hieronymus Bosch. Paintings. <laughs> I am. We need to find him. We, we need to see what's, what he's up to. Um, and when he, when he brought it out, he said, "Will, before I show this to you, <gasps> I need to tell you that art can't hurt you." Stop fucking <laughs> you! <laughs> Chicago. Chicago. That's not true. Uh, My husband teaches art and he has to give trigger warnings all the time. (laughs) It can hurt you. (laughs) Woo! And all those corn and bean fields really. My mind blew my mind. And uh, art can't hurt you. Yeah, art can't hurt you. I I mean, at the time, I was like, "What do you? Could, Could it hurt me?" Um, and then he showed me the paintings. I was like, oh, yeah, this is really scary. Uh, and I'm interested at the same time. And this right. feels kind of wrong, you know. Right. Um, so he he was really into B-movies and Monty Python. And, like, all, like uh, he introduced me to a whole bunch of stuff, including... In fifth grade, we had a unit in our art class about surrealism, and I was like, this, 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 I love this, I love this. Yeah. And he was like, well, look at all these books I have. (laughs) And I found some movies. So in middle school, we were like the losers of the grade, total outsiders. Right. We would like go over to each other's houses and just watch some avant-garde surrealist film. And then make fun of it. Oh my god! <laughs> you elevated it. You yeah. just elevated it. <gasps> and we would film. We would. I had a camera, uh, and that were. I think it was my parents' camcorder, and we would like do these little parody surrealist things. <gasps> we called it uh, Wayne Albatross's Fountain of Youth. <laughs> uh, Wayne. Wayne Albatross's. Sure, sure. Fountain of Youth. After Monty Python. Uh-huh. And, um, yeah. I mean, that was the beginning of, like, making films. And I was the one that was filming uh, Max. Occasionally, he would flip the camera on me. But it was really all about filming Max. And he had all the ideas. But Where'd I was, you get a I camera? Was the it was just, like, your family's reporter or something? Yeah, it was my parents. Um, it was, like, a little, one of those old, like, tape. Right. Sure. Not, not, like, a big, big one. but like yeah, Not the one that, that I had when tape? I was... A little mini DV tape. Yeah. yeah. Mini. And then I had, did you edit it in camera or did you edit, did you get some sort of... We, I had this like, this like editing software that came with the camera. It was called like U-Lead Pinnacle Studio or something. <laughs> <laughs> or something. You know it was exactly it U-Lead was exactly. It was, I think I just combined two of those programs. Um, but, and do you still have any of this? have the old like uh, the, uh, yeah do you have yeah. these yeah i do somewhere you, you need to find one with you <laughs> as a child well this was only like 15 years ago right yeah 15 they exist mm-hmm. it exists they somewhere exist. like the case. internet was um, happening they're they're actually on dvds somewhere in my we old can room. find those we need to find those in your old room <laughs> call up that mom go under that four poster they bed they're not under There's that nothing under bed. that post poster, but we saw you're right. So you were making, so you made movies. So this is where you've sort of 
your artistic like spark came from a, a decent Chicagoan. <laughs> and um, <laughs> what is Max bed. doing now? Max actually went to master. He went to USC or UCLA for filmmaking, and then oh, he went to fantastic. He, but then he is in a master's program now t- for musical composition. Oh wow! Just go figure. Now, he's gonna. We're gonna all be working for him yeah. in a couple of years. <laughs> um, and so then what? Was then, he gay? Good question. I I don't know. Oh, well, Facebook, <laughs> Facebook. It's been, a, it's been a long time. I feel like I did see a video of him uh, when he was in middle school, and I was like, "Oh, you were way more effeminate than I I remembered." Right. I thought I was the effeminate one, but mm-hmm. yeah, I was. You were the one operating tame. the camera, honey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. When did you okay. come out, though? I came out. Uh, well, to a small group of friends when I was sixteen, I think. But he wasn't one of the group? Oh, no. He had moved to another school. Oh, um, I see. Because he got expelled from uh, the school because he was a troublemaker. But uh, he's, he's doing he, fine he, now. He, yeah, he's doing okay. Uh, but... Yeah. So then, did you what? move... And then, was it the school plays was something that you did when mm-hmm. you were... Yeah, so... I was like a really shy kid. I had no way of opening up to people. And then I can't remember what made me want to audition for the school play. Sophomore year? Yeah, I was 16. What was it? It was The Real Inspector Hound. Great. Uh, Fun. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And I got a good part in it. I was... Simon, it's like, you know, it's a melodrama. It's a play within a play. Great. Um, and I had, I got to just act it up and it was great. And then uh, West Side Story was our spring musical. And that was like, oh, this is great. I get to be as gay as possible in front of people and not like. And they feel... have to watch. Yeah, they have yeah, to watch. Yeah, sit there silently. I was Baby John and the uh, Jets. You know, a lot of people too, like, the when I think when people are like, oh, I was an actor, I was in the school play, but yeah, because that was the thing that was artsy in high school yeah. to do. Just like, I mean, I didn't, you know, swim or play basketball or softball in college, but I did because mm-hmm. that was like the sporty thing to do, mm-hmm. but it didn't, you know. Yeah, yeah. So it was like an arty, th- arty people or who were interested in something like that. Yeah. And then I, our uh, drama teacher left after that year and we got a new drama teacher. Her name was Jenny. And we became... She's from Chicago. (laughs) Jenny Noel. And we became really good friends. She was like my second mom for like several years. Great. And she was like definitely like, oh, this kid's gay and I need to be his friend. And uh, she cast me as like the lead in several stuff, several things. Like Uh, what? And and I just like, I can't even remember what we did. It was like, oh, we did As You Like It. Jaquies and that, and um, God, what was the oh, Little Shop of Horrors? I was Seymour, of course, you were. (laughs) Wow, so you do sing? (laughs) I do. I, I, my family, there is an artistic side to my family. My grandmother was musically inclined, she could, she was like one of those people who could play anything by ear. Wow, she had a lovely voice, and I did inherit a voice. I haven't sung in years, but um, I do like to sing. Well, five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> Let's pull one out. <laughs> oh, it's been a lot. So, time. when did you decide, like, what I want to do is write and make mm-hmm. my own stuff? I think it must have been junior or senior year. Because I went to governor school summer uh, between junior and senior year, What's which that? is, it's a Tennessee, it's like a government sponsored thing. There's a lot of government. Uh, sponsored things in Tennessee, believe it or not. Believe it. And there's a art summer camp um, <laughs> that uh, all these kids go to every year, and it's great. And this was the first year of uh, filmmaking program. And by the end of that, I was like, "Yeah, this is this is what I want to do. That's I want to be behind camera." And I hadn't, I didn't give up acting. I did act in a few things in uh, film school and uh, then I was in a one summer I went home uh, and I was in this like I worked at a dinner theater 
I, wow. I got a taste of the wow. six week run being, wow. being a, like an actor, you know, real actor. What was the dinner and theater? Dinner theater is Chaffin's Barn Dinner the- Barn Dinner Theater. Yeah, keyword barn in Nashville, <laughs> Tennessee. Wow. Well, and Nashville's kind of it's cute, chic. Um, Maybe not in a barn? barn was <laughs> on the outskirts of Nashville. <gasps> it must have been clean yeah. enough. They served but dinner it's, in it's it. a very well-known place. <laughs> it's right beside a very famous joint called the Loveless Cafe, which is oh. like a big tourist thing. It is. Okay. Yeah. And everybody knows about it. Have you been to the Loveless Cafe? That sort of thing. But uh, Chaffin's Barn is a dinner theater Lots of old people go. Yes, thank and you. And it was a good, not a good paycheck, but it was like something to do for the summer. What did you do? With so shows? it was, the first show was uh, Everybody Loves Opal, written by the guy. <laughs> I heard of it. It's, <laughs> That's it. Was, it. <laughs> it was uh, written by the guy who wrote On Golden Pond. Mm-hmm. And uh, huh. it's about a hoarder. It's from the 60s. And it's dated. Wait, wh- why am I not doing this? <laughs> why am I not doing this somewhere? Why are we not doing a revival? Why am I not doing this off Broadway right Jim now? Jim Harris is Opal, Opal in Everybody, <laughs> Everybody Loves, Loves Opal. Opal. <laughs> and the picture is just a big pile of stuff with your two feet sticking yes, out. Yes, yes. But exactly, exactly. No, my two feet, but then also for some reason in my face <laughs> because I'm really flexible. People are like, oh, that's really interesting. No, she did that for the picture. <laughs> Um, that's crazy and amazing. And then after that, we did Annie. Oh, I was, I was in the chorus of Annie. I really um, wanted you to say Daddy Warbucks. You know how it is when like <laughs> someone is just like, well, he's the best. <laughs> but wait, so when you told your sweet Virginia family that you wanted to move to New York City to go to NYU and Tennessee, a, Tennessee. Family. Sorry, what did I say? Virginia. <laughs> Virginia. That's okay, Virginia. <laughs> Tennessee. I don't know. It's okay. Honestly, it's all the same, right? I'm gonna no, show my. I'm gonna show yeah. my. Uh, they all. They all feel the same to right. me. Right. Sure. Sure. Uh, what a privilege. Texas thing to say. What a Texas <laughs> thing to say. He's from Texas, you know. That. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is. You're right. That is a very Texas thing. To say. Anyway, uh, whenever I say I'm from the South, people are like, "Texas isn't the South." Yeah. Um, yeah, that's weird. And then they're like, I'm from North Carolina. That's the South. And I'm like, the North is in the title. Anyway, the point is, <laughs> Wait, like when you this tell your, your lovely Tennessee family you want to move to New York City to become a filmmaker, yeah. how, how they do they clapped. react? Um, or was it like my family where by the time I told them I was an actor, I had already told them I was gay and they were like, okay, go. Yeah. Do what you will. <laughs> I, so, please. I, I mean, they knew that I wanted to be a filmmaker and I think my my mom understood that like when I got into something I went all the way in mm-hmm. and that like I, there was no persuading me to do anything else copy hard headed in that, mm-hmm. that way um, I I can't remember any time that they were just like mm, I don't know New York they were a little worried about New York <laughs> right the mm-hmm. city the city yeah. but not being like filmmaker or anything like that I mean they were obviously like so what are you gonna do for money after you graduate right yeah but um and look you're doing great it's like four Uh, years later you you already don't have a you already don't have a uh, day job that's insane four years well I I did need a day job last month right right of course as I did have one but uh, you know it was temporary I have my periods where I need to oh, like, get a real job. We <laughs> all do. No, don't. I mean, we did not assume for a second that you didn't. I didn't presume. You have your period, you make a chunk of money, and then it's like, uh, yeah, do this I, or do that. Or people yeah. are like, now it's time to... Spring and fall for me, it's like, I'm making money. And then winter and summer, it's like, I'm... I, I need to. I'm dying. I need to reach out. I need to go on the. Web, I need to go to the websites. I need to find out who needs what. I need to boom operate. I need to do uh, what yeah, I need do, to do. do right. Do what it, yeah. I need to get on set and deal with that toxic masculinity Oof. just for a day to get that two hundred dollars. I think it's getting better with the toxic masculinity, though. I've noticed it in the past three things that I've shot, and I've been paying attention. Yeah. Because what do I love more when I'm nervous about shooting a scene? 
paying attention to the crew. <laughs> what do I do? I focus on my scene? No. Do I hang out with the crew? Yes. <laughs> because I'm like, if you're on my side, yeah, then this will be better, right? Like, yeah. I'll feel more comfortable. I always mm-hmm. feel that way. And also, just because sometimes actors, like, take me out of things because they're being weird and I'm just like, oh, yeah. my God. Just And I think actors, if I'm ever directing something, the, the actors are who I turn to if I'm, like, feeling stressed at all I'll turn to them and it's great and it's great too that even you know that you you have experience as an act you've been in front of an audience you've been on the other side of a camera like you you know how it all operates and works and you have a a a basic sense of of what it's like on the other side Mm -hmm. right can't that make you a better Filmmaker of all? I mean, I remember my boyfriend Jimmy is a filmmaker, and Mm -hmm. he's in locations right now, which is actually fascinating, to tell you the truth. I can't believe how much I've learned just from learning about locations, which is like home base A number one for any financial anything and anything. (laughs) But um, it's I've even seen some things that, you know, when he was in college and they were making... And he was directing and writing. And they were shooting things. Some, they used each other. And so he was an actor in yeah. a lot of things. Yeah. But, okay, so here's... Maybe this is a weird question. But, like, recently I was like, well, why couldn't I direct? I guess I could direct. Mm-hmm. And then I, I thought about it like a lip, like <laughs> two or three more steps. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, well, first of all, I would get really overwhelmed with... Um, all the details that you need to be a director because it is such a macro thing where you have to really understand yeah. everything, you know, and you have to be like, wait, yeah. the set is wrong or the lights are weird or whatever. But the thing that really stopped me was like, I I wouldn't be able to say like, I need this mm. and it's got to be this and that's not the thing that I asked for and I want that. I just mm-hmm. wouldn't. Like, if somebody gave me some set that I was like, ugh, I don't like this set, I'd be like, okay, we'll make it work. (laughs) And that's a shitty director. So, as someone who is a self-described introvert, is that an Uh, issue for you, or...? I'm I'm assertive when I need to be. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just, I know what was in my mind, and, like, I'm very certain that my way of doing it will be the right way that doesn't mean that nobody else has a say in what we're doing right like i i love feedback and i i want everybody to be a part of it um but if something needs to be fixed like i'm like fix it like just (laughs) just fix it (laughs) i I, I don't know i i'm i I can be a sassy director. It's okay. You can be sassy for a little bit. Well, it needs to get fixed because this is what we're here to do. And if it's not right, we're going to watch it forever. It will live forever as is. And if the thing isn't fixed, it's not going to be right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I also actually think, I'm just going to say, side note, I think you'd be an amazing theater director, Jeff. I'm just saying. Yeah, I don't see why you could I think you could. And also, like, okay, so the first time out, just, like, hire amazing designers who's, like, who's, like, shit just elevates your ideas anyway and then you don't even have to worry about being assertive at first just be like okay well they're really really good yeah i I know that doesn't quite work all the time you still all need to be on a communicative page throughout the process but side note jeff i'm just saying bye i'm just saying right right i'm having imposter syndrome about it though yeah but that's i have imposter syndrome i mean when i'm directing something i think everybody on set is thinking an idiot. Oh, yeah, an idiot. He doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't. He's just. But he's just throwing things. He's just lucky about someone. So I know people do think it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is true. But what does that stop you from doing what you want to do? You know, like yeah. I know, like I sat in an audition last week, and I was like, "This is." I can. He stopped me in the middle of a scene, and he went, "Okay, you can move on to the next one, like the next character, like." Okay, thank you. And I just knew it was over. And I'm like, oh, they don't. And I normally I know so many things about the other side of the table that I don't take it personally. And I didn't take it personally, but I was like, oh, oh, they're done here. <laughs> like that, you just kind of know when they're like, no one's laughing, no one's feeling it. But like, I, I still did my thing, you know. Right. Like you still just do it. Like mm-hmm. yeah, people just people do hate you. 
<laughs> yeah, but it's one but thing to do, do it. There is a time concern on sets that motivates my assertiveness. Mm. I am very like, let's get it done. Why is everything, you know, I don't want things to okay. take you so much time. have to be out of here by five yeah. and it's yeah. 4.30. It stresses <laughs> yeah. me out. And, uh, you know, I, I don't ever, uh, like, explode or anything. But, like... I do sometimes wonder, and I will ask, <laughs> why is this taking so long? Yeah. Um, and sometimes people are just slow, and you're like, yeah, I'm not going to work with you I'm again. I'm not going to work with you again yeah. because you're too slow. No. You're too slow. That seems right. <laughs> um, <laughs> Don't work with them. <laughs> and so you, and then you got to, what did you think of New York and NYU when you first got here? I had been to New York before because at my school I was in chamber choir and we she better work (laughs) 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 we uh were part of the i think it was called like the national choir or something and we (laughs) sang at carnegie hall every other year and uh it was that was my first taste of new york a very you know curated safe safe not that it's not uptown yeah Uh uh-huh you didn't head into yeah no no brooklyn you know and then I think we toured schools at some point in New York. Um, and so by the time I arrived in New York, I was like, oh, I know what New York is like. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, it wasn't like I was scared. I was excited to be there. Mm-hmm. I was so excited to be among so many gay people. Mm. And I mean, governor school in Tennessee was kind of my taste. Uh, all the gay kids in Tennessee <laughs> go to governor school. Were you like, thank it you, is, Jesus, did you kiss the ground? Yes, of course. Yes. Of course. I actually met my, so uh, I met my first boyfriend at governor school. He was from Knoxville. I was from Franklin, which are three and a half hours away mm-hmm. from each other. We met... And we were like, let's make this work long distance. Of course. And we had this relationship. <laughs> I would drive to him every like month or something. And we like were just so into each other. Love what it. did you do? Like, write letters? Make phone calls? Lots of texts. Oh, right. Write letters. It's okay. It's okay. It's text. okay. Right. 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 Or right. Text. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess you FaceTimed and shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I'm just realizing that... you were in that relationship while I was living in LA and Neil was living in New York <laughs> and I was doing the same thing. <laughs> uh, Jack! I don't know why I'm having this. I know it's very it's very like uh, stupid low-hanging fruit of like I'm an old person, <laughs> but uh I just it's very shocking. Anyway. It's okay. uh, <laughs> um uh, where was I going with? I don't even know where I was. We going. were, we were. Yeah, so, oh, you were excited to be among gay people. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, he, I went to New York and we, you know, parted our, we parted ways. And, and that's always what'll do it. Yeah. Going to college. Yeah, that's what did it. Yeah. Of course. It was heartbreaking. Oh, I was wrecked, but I got over it in a year, and I was like living a new life in New York. And was, how'd you like NYU? Um, mixed feelings. I, I mean, I'm so ha- happy to be able to go there. Uh, film school, by the time... I mean, we talked about having watched all these crazy films when I was super young. I, I had a film education before I went to film school. Good. Not production-wise, really, but like in terms of cinema history and understanding uh, the formal aspects of film and stuff. When I got to film school, I was, I was ready. I was like, I'm here to make films, and um, I met some great people and made a lot of good connections and made some films, and it's it's a great great opportunity. But you know, it was years ago. I was a different person, and mm-hmm. like now I look at my work and I was like, oh, I, I was really figuring stuff out Ugh. in terms of. But that's what yeah, yeah, but at the time you don't think that at all. And mm-hmm. when you're in your late twenties like me, you think back and I'm like, oh my god, I wish I had done this differently and yeah. How do you <clears throat> how do you feel about your career since school and how do you feel how do you feel about your career? 
in these past <laughs> you're like looking at my my table i need you to not worry about this my table sound. like stuck it doesn't matter this why table, is this a, happening because this, it's water it doesn't it goes away it doesn't matter this table do you see this table okay. it's a train wreck do not worry about Wait, it and don't let this distract because i'm interested in this too because i found that um in your late 20 what are you i'm turning 27 <laughs> okay. Um, I guess that's mid to late twenties. Um, as people who are in our exceptionally early forties, <laughs> um, very early, yeah, forty. <laughs> um, anyhow, uh, uh, I just did this other podcast with these two young people. They were both they're both twenty nine, and they were mm. both like flipping the funk out because they were like, I haven't gotten anything. I don't have an agent. Mm-hmm. I don't have a thing. I don't have a... Yeah. Da, 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 da. Uh-huh. And they were really stressing. And I think I had that same thought too. And yeah. I remember Harry Booby saying to me like, oh God, I didn't get anything until I was well in my 30s. Yeah, yeah. he did. Yeah, Don't even worry about it. I didn't even get my first agent until 31 mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. So how are you feeling as someone who's about to turn 27 about your career? I feel hopeful like I I maybe for a couple years three years between 23 and 26 was like that I was like nothing's happening right and I my boyfriend is in his late 30s and he I when I turned to him with that problem you know it's like <laughs> it's okay right it's okay well <laughs> right uh, calm down uh, you'll be fine um, I've, I don't know, I've reached a point where I've calmed down a little and I'm a little more patient and like, I don't need to be making something every minute, you know, and were you, uh, were you making something every minute before I was constantly worried about making a film per year, mm-hmm. like I needed some sort of output and I needed to be really happy with what I uh, put out. There. I think that's it, pretty I, universal. Yeah, but I'm talking like in com- like comparing myself to like YouTube artists, artists or you know, like people who make content. Yes, content like, I'm creators. I'm trying to make something that I, I I'm trying to make art, and mm-hmm. I'm not trying to make money. I, I but it's so it's really hard to make stuff. And, you know, I applied to so many grants and stuff and, you know, I never get grants. I got that one grant for the documentary, which was so great, but it was an opportunity that came to me. Um, It was an opportunity that came to you because you were putting yourself out there and you were Sure, 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 sure. It didn't come out of thin air. Yeah. Well, so a lot of the films that, the last four films, I don't know how many films you watched on my Vimeo page, but... Uh, the last two I actually co-directed and co-wrote with Ian mm-hmm. and the two films before that the documentary and First Night Out these were all films that sort of they were opportunities that came to us I haven't ever made a film I haven't ever like you know raised money to mm-hmm. make a film and the pressure to do that has been like high the past like year or so but pressure now, from yourself or pressure, pressure from, from myself yeah okay. yeah and you know there's i have so many friends who are doing that and doing it well and like succeeding and it you know you compare yourself to other people and yeah it, it, you'll grow it, out it of that <laughs> yeah right no yeah you won't you won't and you know it's an interesting question too and it's it is interesting and um to you know be 40 and speak with artists who are earlier in their career rather than middle or whatever. I don't even know what that even means anymore because some people start their careers when they're 40 and they mm-hmm. start doing things that they want to do and they want to do in their 40s. So I don't even know what that means anymore. But I had someone who I was talking to on a film set and they asked how old I was and I said I was 40. And they are like, ugh, plenty of time. You know, so it's just true. an older person. <laughs> so true. And, I th- and, and, you know, and you worry and I was worrying or it was something we were discussing and they were like, oh, please, don't worry. You know, and it's like, while I understand that and while we're asking you this question too, it's like we are where we are, you know, and we want things that we want and there's something to wanting to, to do things that is, I think, helps drive artists to actually remain and be working artists. Mm-hmm. Not that we need to be afraid and anxious and fearful, but the want, at least like 
without hurting ourselves, of course, or being anxious or losing <laughs> patches of hair about it. Dan lost the patch of hair. I lost a fucking I, I, patch yeah. of hair. I'll show you later. Hear. There's yeah. cortisone cream in the corner so if you sorry. need it. Um. <laughs> wait, so normally we ask. But wait, wait, wait. I need to pee real bad. Okay, oh. we're going to pause this. We're going to pause this. Oh, wait, how come? Are we back? Yeah. Everything good? Yes. It's a tiny bathroom, but it gets the job done. Oh, yeah. We got the job done. <laughs> so anyway, I was just finishing a thought of um, we are where we are. And as artists who have to self-motivate and make things and do things and generate our work or generate something to happen for ourselves, a little bit of like, I don't want to say anxiety, but want mm-hmm. helps the drive. I mean, right? Yeah. So what do you want? And what do That's you want? That's the question we always ask. We normally say, like, if, if you could say anything about your career in a year, but since you're our first guest with youth... <laughs> that is not true at all. No, no, no. It's the same question. It's the same question. In a year no, from now... I actually would love to hear what you actually want overall as your career, too. Uh-huh. Um, right now, I really want to be a post-supervisor slash editor on a television show. Oh, wow. Um, which I think is going to happen, like, in the next year. Yes. Which is a good segue. Um, there's <laughs> a, a series uh, called The Adulterers, which is by Tanya Glanz and Chris Roberti. I don't... Do you know them? No. Um... They're very talented actors. They're into in, improv, too. I'm surprised you guys don't know them. But um, uh, they made this series. So I know Tanya through Ian, and uh, I met Chris through Tanya. They met on High Maintenance. Oh. And they and the um, camera operator uh, got Do together. Do you know which and one? Zach. Yes, I know Zach. Zach Schamberg. He's great. He is so good. Um, they shot this very simple, like five to seven minute, uh, episode, episodic series. Like like each episode is five minutes. Sure. Mm -hmm. Um, about these two coworkers who are engaged in a extramarital affair and they discover, um, it unlocks a realm of creative freedom and like they, they find their boundaries and like where are we in this relationship is this going too far is it but it's very sweet very funny beautifully performed like 70 percent of it is improv uh it's great and tanya turned to me to edit episode two of it and uh chris was editing the first first and third and uh i was involved with the series for like a year they had to save up money and shoot things like throughout the year uh-huh. so six episodes total it went to Sundance this year oh, wow and uh, now good things are happening uh-huh. I can't I can't talk about it no but, um, you can't good things are happening that's fantastic so I was post supervisor and editor on that I did a lot of stuff in, in the post and um, th- it's one of those things where it's like I wasn't expecting anything. I mean, I, I was happy to be part of this, and it was good work, and they paid me a little bit of money. They were very generous, uh, but I was more into, like, helping out a friend, and it turned into this right. thing. It, it seems like it's going to be a thing. I hope it is, but it's it just made me realize, like, oh, this is this is what happens. Like, you just are going along and doing your own thing and then suddenly it's like oh yeah you can make you can this is your career you can you can do it yeah this thing that i worked on that i was mm-hmm. going to help out a friend made some money sometimes that thing goes to sundance yeah, yeah. that's great so that's been the kind of the highlight of the past year so you're hoping like a year from now that you are the post supervising editor on hopefully that show uh-huh yeah i think it's going to happen would that Fingers be crossed. out of would that be out of your apartment? Uh, yeah, probably, I'm not talking at that. I, I, I that's truly, my dream life I right truly, there. I truly don't know. I mean, it could be that like the some companies like come here and right. Edit. We're doing it here, but um, 
I have no idea. Again, I, I don't. I, I don't balk at an office. I also don't balk at my room in my home. <laughs> like editing, that'd be amazing. Oh, Are yeah. you kidding? Everything happens out of my apartment right now. I love that. I love I, that's that. nothing could be more glamorous to me. And mm-hmm. <laughs> nothing, literally nothing. Yeah, yeah. Never leaving your apartment. Um, what about career as whole? Um, What's the hope? I want to write and direct something that, like maybe a series or a feature. I'm leaning more towards series right now. Mm-hmm. I think I'm better at writing short form stuff than longer form. I haven't found the, I haven't found my rhythm in longer form screenplays, but um, shorts, I've written so many and I can make a series out of it. And I, I, that's the dream for me, I think, for just directing a series and being a a really famous director i I can't wait for you to be a really famous director and i can't wait we can't wait we can't wait to work for you we cannot wait to work for you do you need another Lacroix? do you need another water what can i get you it's right the only thing you owe jen for ruining her table is to is to get her a starring role plum role thank you a starring role in your it doesn't even be the star yeah it but it should be a series regular right <laughs> how many episodes 10 out of 12 right at least 10 out of 12 episodes that's all i'm saying and i will when nervous you'll see me hanging out with the crew you know exactly when i'm nervous i'm like i'll be hanging hey. out with you like you'll be hanging out with me exactly um i cannot thank you enough for coming wow, to my home it? For yeah. bringing a pot. Did we cover everything? Is there anything you need to talk I don't, about? I, I don't all know. of it. I, I mean, we could. T- I could. Ask I feel like we went all over the place. We Great. were going back and forth in time. I I, I feel like I was babbling. No, I, that's what podcasts are. Okay. Podcasts are babbling. They go all over the place. Uh-huh. They're hot because you have to turn the air off. Yeah, yeah. Right in yeah. August, yeah. we're always smoldering in here. Okay. And I always get my table ruined a little bit more each time. Uh-huh. And I hate this table. And it's honestly, it's it's love marks from all the guests that I've had, and it makes me happy and it makes I me feel at home. I left the most love. I can't wait. <laughs> I know Jimmy's got to come and go, what did you do on this table? I'm going to say, don't. It is so weird because you had the exact same thing as me. But I will say that you, it's kind of like when you go on that date with that one person who gives you a hickey and you're like, what was that about? <laughs> I cannot tell you if I, the last time I've had or even heard the word hickey. Like, uh, I yeah. really appreciate the word hickey coming up in this podcast. Yeah. Well. Hickey. Touche. Touche. Thank you so Touché. much. Thank, Thank you, you so much. much.